This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast, actually a magazine podcast, something we don't do as much as we, uh, <laughs> we should in the, um, well, probably the last couple of years, I guess, and something I'm threatening to do a lot more of, but because um, magazines are still a thing as far as Media Week's concerned, and um, we'll have to ask our special guest today about that before I introduce her, Crudy Joshi. Welcome, Media Week Deputy Editor. Hi, James. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. We still got to say magazines is a thing because we're a magazine, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little well, bit biased. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's a, um, we'll talk, we'll ask um, Claire Bradley, editor-in-chief, Inside Out, is it? Do you, can you still call it a magazine or is it more a brand these days? Look, we certainly consider it a brand. It certainly had its origins in print, but, you know, we know that, you know, the best and the strongest brands are certainly brands that extend outside of uh, the kind of straightforward print space. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, the um, we got you in here for a couple of things because I've always been a bit of a fan of Inside Out. I remember oh. I actually went to the magazine's launch. Amazing. Quite some time ago. <laughs> um, you were probably still in school, KJ, I'm <laughs> guessing. <laughs> when was it launched? What was the year? <laughs> Look, a long time ago, yeah. all right? <laughs> a long time. It's done well. It's doing very well to stand the, up the test of time. Yeah, early last decade. Um, <laughs> yeah, so a couple of things. So, we, yeah, we, we like the magazine and um, because it's just celebrated 150 issues. It has. It has, which we think it, we're just so, so very proud of. It's such an exciting um, time and it's so nice to be able to celebrate um, 150 issues with, you know, friends and family and all the people um, that have contributed to what we think is a really beautiful, strong brand. Your founding editor is mentioned in this um, issue as well, but she was travelling through Europe, was that? Yes, I know. We were devastated Karen wasn't able to come along this time. Um, but, yeah, she was, you know, she's been such a strong influence on the brand mm. um, throughout the years. That would have been a great phone call. Hey, um, Karen, we're <laughs> celebrating 150 years. Are you able to attend the party? No, <laughs> I'm in Europe. I know. Look, Karen and I Karen and I have actually worked together outside of Inside Out. We were working on a digital um, project for News Limited or News Corp nationally before I um, was offered the role on Inside Out. So we're um, good friends. Um, she's been an incredible mentor and role model for me over the years. Uh, so it's... It felt very easy to ring her and say, can you be a part of this, even though I'm disappointed, actually devastated that you can't be here for the actual celebration. (laughs) You must have had a little bit of a tinkle of a jealousy that she's going through Europe while you're trying to put this together and make sure that it, you know, meets um, all the expectations that I guess News Life Media had on you. True, true. Look, the world was in (laughs) Europe this winter. I felt like I've never, you know, with the advent of, you know, the huge growth in social media every day. Never have I felt more jealous about how many people were on the other side of the world uh, (laughs) while I was here doing this. But you know what? It wasn't too hard a job because I actually really enjoyed putting it together, which, you know, I love going to work every day, so it makes it slightly easy to deal with. Yeah. And just while we're chatting about uh, Karen McCartney too, I mean, she's become quite a specialist author, hasn't she? Absolutely. Of... um, Specialising what sort of classic Australian homes and um... yeah, absolutely. Or just you know, she's just a wealth of information on architecture in general and style and design. Um, yeah, she's you know she's carried on to do just some really incredible um, projects with very well known architects and designers and photographers yeah, so, and published a couple of books. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I think she's up to number four nearly. So oh, wow. okay. um, yeah, she's you know continued to be a really strong influence in the industry. Yeah. In the issue, you look back at, um, I think, from the 70s up till now, you look at the design trends and stuff. I was just going through it and I thought I picked out 80s as one of my favourites, one of the (laughs) photos that you had in there. What would be your best decade and why? Oh, that's tricky. So I think... Oh, you mean a personal favourite? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the purpose of that story was for people to really kind of lock on to anything in any of those decades that had a really strong memory for them. Mm. Um, and I think the 90s for me were kind of amazing in that my mum has always had an incredible home and she's always had a, she's been very thoughtful about what our home, my family home looked like. She's colour coordinated within an inch of her life. She's much more colourful than I am. Um, And so there was something about the 90s that had a very specific colour palette of kind of blue and yellow um, and quite decorative that I think, while it may not be exactly reflected in our story, um, the 90s is certainly, I think when I came into an awareness that my mum had a bit of a way with interiors um, and that it mattered to me that my home had a certain kind of edge of style. So I think the 90s were important for me to kind of understand where I might end up down the track. I'm, I'm afraid you're both terribly wrong. It's, it's, got, it's got to be the 70s. How great are those there's, images, though? I love it. I love no, it. There's no question about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it because you're part of the hippie movement and whatnot? Well, no, just, 70s have been good for... Maybe everything, music, movies, Agreed. design, you know. It's Agreed. Not... Look, I think, it, it, seriously, the 70s was probably the most fun to put together. Yeah. There were the most options for what we could include in those in that page. Um, but, yeah, just from a personal level, I, I'm going to say the 90s. But, I, I, to be honest, they've all got such incredible – they all contribute a lot, which I yeah. think is fun. Yeah. Well, 70s is kind of dominated by a lot by floral designs and bright colours like orange, So pink. much colour. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> and 80s is, it's, 80s is still colourful. It's just a little bit toned down. <laughs> It just, is. It is. Just wrong colours. Yeah. Oh, wrong colors. Wow. <laughs> James, is your place? Is your place still living in the seventies? What's your place like, Claire? I think you should move over from this editor in chief role and let James come in and advise your readers about interiors. Hey, listen too. Before we get too far, we should just ask you. Tell us what what does the, what's the magazine sort of explain the magazine to people who don't know? Oh. Maybe inside out. Yeah. What, what do you do? What's your brief? I guess. Um, so the brief for us is that we really hope to help people who are looking at some solid renovation. We certainly focus on renovation and people who are in the process of spending money on their property. So it's a little bit, it's quite, it's targeting a quite specific... Um, so it's a practical thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's supposed to be accessible. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be, you know, like there are a lot of people who are investing a lot of money into their property and it's harder and harder to get into. So when you're doing, you're making changes to your home, you want to feel confident that you're doing the right thing. So we want to kind of help people harness the passion people have for the renovation boom and try and take some of the pain out where possible. You know, there's a lot of questions, there's a lot of decisions and you can get a bit of kind of you can get sick of having another builder or another tradie ask you another question. So we tr- really try and help remove some of those pain points and actually let people just enjoy creating beautiful homes that they can share with their family and friends. So Vogue Living is unashamedly premium and it aims for that higher end of the market. Is yeah. that the same sort of target market for you or are you no. more... Um... So we sort of sit... So Vogue Living is more in a prestige space. Yep. It's certainly luxury. It's much more aspirational. Um, it's a very different kind of audience, even if they sort of maybe some of their demographics cross um it's certainly a very different kind of audience whereas inside out very squarely targets so are just a, a, a premium audience so they understand design but they're not necessarily driven by it day to day um and more than anything they sort of have younger families they've got families who have they've sort of their kids have they're coming out of that very very young baby phase so they're probably more like 
five and above, they're sort of between five and 15, um, and they're investing in homes where they know that they're going to have, it's going to be the place that their children are raised in, their family home, and they're investing in it to make sure that, A, it's functional and it's practical, um, but it's also beautiful and it suits their style. So something that brands really like to do is flog the salary of their um, readers. So how much would how much would uh, we've got all the money? We've got all the money. (laughs) How much how much would an inside out reader be earning? You know, so fun fact is they've actually got the highest household income of any interiors brand, which most people are quite. Um, surprised by um, because instead of sort of having one home, one sort of household, one breadwinner, they have two. Um, they're mostly uh, two parents who've gone back into the workforce. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean they have the highest disposable income, but they certainly, um, they're at a high earning capacity in their life stage and they're certainly investing a lot of that into their homes. Right. And that's important, of course, to your advertisers, right? Yeah, that, certainly. That sort of yeah, stuff. it is. They've got some money and I'm really happy to tell them where to spend it. <laughs> and, Go on. In terms of your role, I know you've held the editor-in-chief role for fi- about five years. Yep. Before that, you were the editor. What's the difference between the oh. two? <laughs> of Inside Out? Yeah. Right. So, yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's funny that, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Look, I think – so my role changed, my title changed when I took on Gardening Australia as well. Mm. Um, I was editor of the magazine and then we created a kind of a homes hub um, where I was sitting across Inside Out and Gardening Australia. Uh, so that was when my title changed. Um, and I guess, you know, from a fairly basic perspective, an editor-in-chief uh, probably steps a little bit outside the straight-up editorial perspective and they're more of a brand. They're sort of more – they sort of – they're the intermediacy role between probably a editor and a publisher. They sort of sit between both. They drive an entire P&L and they look at it, look at the brand as a business instead of just from a straight editorial perspective. Right. That helps clarify my confusion. Sorry, James, I grass-cut you. Do you have a question? Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, one of the things I've liked about it over the years is the the pricing you give a lot of details of how much things cost and yeah, all that. Yeah, we certainly it, try to. Is that something that's getting harder to do? Because I guess a lot of people you want to get access to their properties yeah. and, maybe, and maybe they're not always comfortable talking about how much they've spent or how much yeah. things cost. Is that- um- Look, we, I think as a brand, we're very lucky. People who feature in Inside Out mostly really want to be, and they've mostly engaged with the brand for quite a long period of time. So, you know, we're certainly, you know, respectful of someone's, you know, financial position, but I think they genuinely understand that they probably had a bit of help along the way getting an understanding of budget. And so by giving us an understanding of that to print, it, it actually kind of helps the cycle of people trying to get their head in the right headspace. Yeah. Um, and we certainly, you know, we're aware that if people don't want to, that's fine, but it's certainly a commitment we give to the audience that we would like to be really clear about how much these renovations cost you know some of them are some of them are more starter entry level budgets and some of them are certainly very top end and they're they're people who are you know planning a home that they're going to live in for quite some time and that you know is a very different looking budget yeah yeah to me that's always been one of the trademarks of some of the, the renovations you cover and also the sort of the um the what do you call them floor plans yeah for all the properties is that something else that's sort of a special yeah. to you i guess yeah look probably over the last when i first started on inside out i certainly wanted to introduce a much more of the practical a much more practical layer mm-hmm. um so we built in a lot of things like floor plans um just to pull out information i mean i'm aware that you know over time people aren't willing to read as longer form content uh so for me it's important that whenever anyone flicks over a home or any kind of feature in the magazine that they can probably pull something out quickly um so a few more breakout boxes, much more kind of focused um, information and layering so that then if you are interested and it does, it is something that applies to you, well, then you'll kind of engage more in the feature. In terms of your competition in the market, um, the 
household and uh, those home titles have kind of, you know, been more um, have sustained their readership when compared to other categories. Yeah. Um, but there's so much that's available. You know, you've got Real Living, Homes Plus, totally. Vogue Living. Yes. So when it comes to your competition, who would you say is your closest competitor? Really, honestly, we spent a lot of time positioning ourselves away when I first came on board. We we knew that we were sort of crossing a little bit into the Vogue Living Bell territory. It was getting a little high end. Um, and so we knew that there was an opportunity to pull it away from that. So I, I wouldn't say that we have a direct competitor. Um, we certainly cross territories in other areas. Um, but I think that, for example, the Home Beautiful and House and Garden is a slightly more mass audience. Mm. Um and then Real Living is a different audience in that they, they certainly have um, a similar, like we have, there are definitely shared aesthetics, um, but not always do they own the property they're living in. Um, I'm certainly don't want to talk about someone else's audience. I don't know them as well as my own. Um, but we certainly see in market that our audience are more likely to own their own home and have a family um, and be actively changing the actual framework of their homes, not just sort of changing the elements within. Right, fair enough. Now, something that gets me really excited when I go furniture shopping is getting like cheap stuff that looks good. <laughs> Do you get what Look, I mean? Over like, the years, everyone has felt like that, I reckon. Like, you know, when you hit Kmart, you get like I a know. lamp for $10 yes. and then everyone goes, how much is that? But you just pretend, oh, nah, you, know, you can't afford it kind of thing. Yeah. Do you find that being a trend? Like, how do you make, you know, Lux affordable do you can you um recommend places like kmart because i mean they have some good stuff look i think that the advent of really great ranges from kmart i mean look kmart we we did a feature the other day on our on our website about kmart and it drove one of the highest um traffic days of our entire existence so well, you i'll know, be logging on to that, that incredible seriously that kmart range and, and those kinds of ranges are absolutely not to be like it's, it's great that it allows a lot of people to put their toe in the water of watching what trends look like and whether they can live with them um, you know, as a brand, we what I love about our audience is actually they're really comfortable with a high-low price point. They will invest in really great design when it comes to something like a sofa or something they're going to have for a long period of time. Um, and then also they're really fun. They change up with style. They're kind of the audience that used to have a really great bag or used to spend all of their money on an incredible bag. And now they've got, look, I may not be able to have the great bag, but I will have a really great cushion or I'm going to have that great rug that is going to be, is kind of the centerpiece to my house. So they're really comfortable with high-low price point and that just makes them a really interesting audience. Now, in terms of coming, um, like, you know, in terms of spending on, say, a really great cushion, how much is too much? Because when I'm watching the shows like The Block <laughs> or, um, you know, one of the other renovation shows and then they fork out about you know, $400, $500 on a freaking set of cushions. I was like, I could do much better in that budget. You know what? I think it's so subjective because what I think is a good spend of money, what I think is a good use of money, you probably won't agree with. So I, I always, I think that renovation and kind of decorating is um, a little bit like a wedding. You decide on the things that matter to you, spend money on that and then maybe trim where it's not something that you feel so passionate about. So I happen to be very passionate about all kind of linen, bed linen. So it's the kind of thing that I would invest quite a lot of money in. Um, and yeah, so I think you pick the things that matter to you. And, and funnily enough, I think you can totally justify that it's worth spending that money on the thing if you really <laughs> love it. And then the other things you can go, oh, that's fine. I don't, I don't, I'll spend money on that later. So a $500 cushion or a pillow paired up with a $10 blanket is fine? Absolutely. If you, and especially if you love it. 
You're asking and a lot of questions about it, pillows. Yeah, do you want me to just come and help you with pillows? Is that what we're talking about well, not here? If cost just, just cut to the chase. What pillow should I buy? Stop dancing around and just ask me. If it costs $500, no, I'm going Kmart again. Look, I, have, I, I will hands down admit that I have not spent $500 on a cushion, but I'm not saying that I never would. Wow. How's that for an answer? <laughs> This reminds me of you two girls Remotely chatting satisfying. here, talking about sometimes women justifying the cost of shoes. Totally. Too. If, you, if you buy a brilliant pair of shoes, you can you can save money on the rest of the outfit, right? Absolutely. That so, is exactly the same in a home. Same. Yeah. But it applies I'm, to lots I of things I feel like too, I'm yeah, so exactly. stingy in terms of my spending now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mean exposed as a little cheapskate. No. $10. $10 limit. Also, look, I might be a cheapskate, but I'm a good one at that thing, yeah. so I've got a talent. Hey, everyone loves a bargain. I don't think that you can... You you know, exactly. You see, when you go, deny that. For example, when you go Target, okay, I'll make it a little bit more upmarket. You grab something <laughs> for like fifty bucks, and yeah. it comes out to be twenty-five. Who doesn't scre- uh, who doesn't scream in joy? Come win. on, totally. No, no, no. I'm, I'm there with you with that. Um, Inside Just Out magazine. How big a part of the proposition is what you do digitally these days? And I, I'm guessing I'd be right in saying you've probably got bigger digital audiences than print. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's it's 100. It's completely intrinsic to what we do as a brand. Um, we're, I'm very proud of the fact that we have a really uh, very widespread uh, digital audience, including obviously social, digital, and print. And it's one of those, it's a brand that's really fluid. What I've loved in our business is that um, it's always been the brand that we sort of get to test things out on it. I've been really clear from when I started, I wanted to, I had been previously working in the digital space. So as much as I love magazines and they've been in my life, my mum was an art director. I've always been in magazines. I really wanted to make sure that we were growing a brand that was comfortably digital. It didn't force, it wasn't awkward in the other spaces. It sat really comfortably across all platforms. Um, and I think that it speaks to the it speaks to that of the fact that it's we've got a really successful standalone website that um, allows us to have a platform that is is quite different to our print audience. We know how we operate in print versus social versus digital, um, and that just allows me more you know more remit or more ways that I can speak to my audience in different ways. If I buy the magazine, yes. and somebody, I'm going to assume you do. Yeah, yeah. I'm just- <laughs> Just using an example, and this could be anybody. Right? You should just do a drop by. Every, I know. I'm every just month. Going, James, have you bought I, the magazine I actually yet? paid. Was it nine ninety five? I think. I no, eight dollars twenty. Eight, no, eight twenty. Bargain. It's affordable. Look I, at that. I did think it was value for money when I purchased Great. this copy. Um, if someone doesn't buy it, mm. can they get the same copy free online? Uh, they can get a uh, – they can't – as in, do you mean the content? Yeah. Yeah, they can get a lot of it online. Because um, my, my subsidising the freeloaders online by buying <laughs> your magazine. No, look, what I would say is that we, we are really clear that we put, like, as much of our print content online because I don't believe that the same – you don't ingest – you don't digest it the same way. Uh, what you're looking for in digital is completely different to the experience you have when you're in print. Mm-hmm. Um, and – to be honest, if I have lots of people on the website at the same time, I'm able to commercialise that too. So, you know, I, I'm really happy for our brand to find whoever the audience is, wherever they are, in the way they want to digest it. Do you have much of a crossover between the two audiences, like in terms of your magazine and your audience on digital? Um, we do, in that there are people who are just diehard Inside Out fans based on the fact that, you know, Karen set up this, an incredible brand that has been um, very very popular and important in the industry for quite some time. Um, but I think that, so a lot of our digital traffic is driven by social, so I, I would say that probably our print and social audience has a bit more crossover. 
in that they engage with the brand and our perspective and our tone and how we operate. And then our digital audience is probably a bit more search-driven as well. It's sort of, you know, okay. people who are coming to the website because they're looking for more practical or handy advice is, is a different kind of audience. Are you – and you say on social, I'm guessing Instagram be pretty important for you, maybe Pinterest yeah. too? Yeah, yeah, Pinterest, yep. Yeah. We're really clear. We've got a really solid um, social strategy. So Facebook is still a huge driver, yeah. um, as is Instagram and, and then Pinterest as well. All the kind of visual mediums do well for us and then Facebook is great for conversation. Is Instagram good for click-throughs? Because I find it's a pretty – like it's not a very good platform if you're looking for tra- uh, to drive traffic to your website because, you know, It's on people- the growth. It's on, it's on the up, my friend. Yeah, All about the- get yeah. with it. No, no, the Instagram is, stories, the Instagram stories drive more traffic than straight feed, straight um, right. Posts. Yeah, because I was just thinking in terms of straight feed, you can't mm. put in links into your description because they're not click throughs; they just mm. come up as normal text. Yeah, and you can only have your link in your profile where mm. people can click through on. So it's just more brand awareness, I would have thought. Yeah, it is. But the, so the the growth of the Instagram stories is. Pretty so the Instagram us. stories, explain that. Uh, so when you're a verified platform, I don't think it's a it, – it doesn't work if it's just a kind of a personal platform. Okay. But when you're verified as a, a business platform, uh, the stories across the top, you can swipe up and it'll take you to a direct link. Oh, nice. So, so it's almost can, like it, those, does, um, it now allows you to click straight through. Ah, oh, right. Mm. Okay. So it's almost like that Snapchat Discover thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Ah. Oh. Yeah, so that is so that's the only way to drive directly to a link as opposed to in your post caption. Right, I didn't realise that. When did that come about? Oh, uh, it's probably been six three months. Years, four years, yeah. <laughs> oh, six <laughs> months, James. I'm not that old. Hey, Somewhere listen. between six well, and three well, months, I reckon. I didn't, ask, I didn't ask the question, what is Instagram story, James? Well, hey, good job I well did because you just found out. Hey, <laughs> listen, now there's, a, about the story, there's an inside the out um, newsletter as well. Yes, yes, yep. We yep. send an ADM. Um, which so is weekly? Uh, fortnightly. Fortnightly, okay. Yeah, fortnightly. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's a really nice way for us to, you know, be in people's inboxes and, and be able to – it's just another way that we can curate the content and give people a different understanding of what we do as a brand. Yeah, and you sound like you've had some success sort of monetizing your digital audience because yeah. that's, that's a big challenge facing all publishers, even yeah. who knows like Media Week through to yeah. – People like uh, News Corp Australia, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it's something that News Corp as a business is, you know, pretty <laughs> driven to do. Yeah. Um, and it's tough. Like, it is definitely hard. It's a very different kind of um, process. Uh, but I feel quite strongly about the fact that I'm used to working in a print product. I, I love the fact that you can drive editorial initiatives and you can create kind of big tentpole ideas and objectives. And I think that um, for me, that's one of the ways that you can work more meaningfully with clients in the digital space as well. You can drive editorial initiatives and have great partnerships based on that. Now, just to go somewhat back on the point that I made before about, you know, the popularity of home um, and renovation shows like The Block mm-hmm. or um, House Rules on Channel 7 and, you know, even on subscription TV, um, does that give you more space or, you know, somewhat of a security to kind of pursue video series for your digital audience? Is that something that you've talked about? Uh, yeah, it certainly is. I mean, we do a regular video t- uh, kind of tour of the block each year that I do with Shannon Voss. So I did that last week, actually. Went through all the final houses. So then They're all finished. Um, so, yeah, look, I think that, you know, shows like The Block and House Rules and, you know, every, you know, flipping show and all that sort of stuff that's on um, on the on Foxtel, et cetera, is that it's just – it feeds this obsession that Australians have with renovation and they just can't get enough of that. So as long as I keep working in line with that and making sure that we're, you know, making sure 
sure that we're talking about the things that they're interested in and then perhaps extending their knowledge outside of that. I mean, the block is great for giving people the passion uh, to get into renovation. Uh, sometimes it doesn't always deliver the um, detail of how to. <laughs> sometimes it's more about the people and then sometimes it's more about the, you know, obviously that's just how the show works. Um, so we just make sure that, for example, if, you know, it's, it's actually a great opportunity for us is that if we see something interesting happening on the block that's a bit of a trend, we can then work with Shannon Voss who was on the block or some of the other influencers who've been there to actually pull apart a bit more of the detail and deliver some of the information. Now, um, it's it's kind of become somewhat common about um, house magazine title editors becoming judges on TV shows. <laughs> um, you know, to name one, Neil Whitaker yes. when he was at Bell, the now folk living. <laughs> yeah. um, have you ever been approached to become a judge? And if you were, do you reckon you could do it? <laughs> um, I've never been approached. Um, I do, Shannon and I, when we walk around the block, we do kind of fancy ourselves what we would be like if we did it. I know, and I think to myself, would I be nice or would I not be? I'm not sure. Look, I'm happy to, I can talk underwater. So, you know, if someone asked me, I totally could. <laughs> I don't know if they'd be interested in my opinion, though. It's hard to say. Well, you are the well, editor in chief of the home title, so I think that's an enough qualification. <laughs> well, you said it, not me. Well, the, the, the block's going gangbusters so far this it year. It is, I think There's it's. Some massive audiences. So if anybody's thinking of a. Um, another um, program in that space, um, <laughs> put Claire on your radar, that's, that's for sure. Uh, it's a great issue. It's a great season, I think. Um, subscriptions, how big a deal are selling are magazine subscriptions still pretty critical? And is there, people are hopeful that digital subscriptions take off, but I think a lot of publishers were disappointed by the sort of the iPad editions and stuff like that. Where are we at with that? Yeah, so driving subscriptions is certainly a huge part of what I do. Um, you know, for any kind of business, you want to make sure that people are locked into a purchase instead of, you know, discretionary spend. Um, with the digital issues, we, we've not spent a huge amount of time investing in our digital issues. Um, we don't do an enhanced model. We, we don't have an enhanced model, okay. um, mostly based on the fact that the best opportunity for us is to actually have people um, come to us in a digital space and we cut our content differently for that. Um, I'm a firm believer of doing a few things really well. Um, so my core focus is certainly print, digital and social. Um, and we do have a really strong video platform. We are investing in that and we do create a lot of video content, both editorially and in partnership with, um, you know, in partnerships. Um, and so for me, I sort of feel like um, I'm lucky that we've not invested too much in iPad editions because I don't think it's the right fit for my brand, to be honest, yeah. unless I can do it really well and give people, for example, the sort of step-by-step how-to experience. I'd rather the, I'd rather push them to the site where do they can. Do you promote your print in your digital properties? And uh, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yes. So I think a lot of people overlook that, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, well, look, it's hard to do. It's quite hard to convert people in that space. But we're, sure. as a business, we work very hard um, and look at the analytics of what works and what doesn't work. And yeah. I like the focus that our, our business has on that. Yeah. And News Corp has a wide offering in terms of, you know, the newspaper inserted magazines and newspaper columns and stuff. Hmm. Anywhere else that the inside out um, content appears or is it just in the mag and then your own platforms online? Uh, so we work quite closely with news.com.au as well to contribute to their lifestyle kind of offering. Um, and look, more and more as my role broadens into other areas, um, News Corp as a business is looking at how we kind of tie together all of the kind of homes and real estate 
property and that kind of platform within the business and how we can all work better together. Right, fair enough. And along with your role as editor-in-chief, you're also the associate publisher of other home yeah. titles. Yeah. What does that incorporate? Um, it just means that I look at Vogue Living Country Style and Home Life from a publishing perspective. Uh, my publisher, Nick Smith, sits across the whole lifestyle, the lifestyle uh, portfolio of News Life Media. So he sits across style, so Vogue as well as GQ, Bureau, etc. Um, and traditionally, he and he still sits across my whole portfolio as well. Um, but with his role growing, and you know, there needs to be a bit more. We felt that there was could be some more focus on the homes category. Um, yeah, they were, they allowed me to step into this new role, which means that I'm just a big kind of brand nerd. I like pulling all the levers in the background of how we better work as teams to create um, a really cross-platform offering. So um, I think, you know, the best thing about my new role is it allows me to work on those kinds of putting their puzzle pieces together slightly differently for the other brands that I now work across. Oh, nice. You have some international properties, don't you, in the homes you sort of review them? That seem to be mostly Aussie. What's the sort of policy there? Oh, as in properties in the actual homes? Yeah. Uh, In Inside Out? Yes. Yeah. So we mostly focus on Australian homes. We feel like um, they reflect, we like to kind of celebrate that Australian homes are different. Um, And and there's something about the light in Australia that um, I think you can really tell when you've got an international home. It doesn't look the same. Um, That said, (laughs) we do take... We do have an overseas inspiration home every issue because it's nice to sort of look at. And we we do tend to focus on homes that um, have lifestyles that are similar to ours. So we kind of – the homes that seem to resonate with our audience are kind of either Scandinavian based on the – you know, it's obviously a trend at the moment um, and, you know, kind of a – a look and feel that people are trying to um, achieve, but then also South African homes often have a kind of similar sort of similar temperature, similar climate. They've got a lot of indoor outdoor. Um, we tend to not have a whole bunch of kind of British homes, or they they just don't seem to have the right look and feel for us. So um, we're more about celebrating lifestyle and the way we live in our homes in Australia. Yeah, maybe US West Coast would fit in a little yeah, bit. Or yeah, like definitely. Florida, yeah, we've been looking. Do you know what? I'm always after a really great Palm Springs home. So if anyone you know, <laughs> wants to offer one up, they can get a bit kitsch though. But I do love it. I've been looking for like yeah. a great kind of Florida, kind of Miami one for a while as well. But it has to be the right fit for me. I feel really strongly that it doesn't. It, it should feel like something we can still live in. I read somewhere that Italy is your source of inspiration. Why is yes. that? Oh, I just love it. <laughs> I could spend my – I could definitely move to Italy. There's definitely areas I've, – I've spent a lot of – I mean, look, I've spent – quite some time traveling. I haven't obviously spent long extended periods of time there, but I just love the culture and I love the food and um, I love entertaining. So, you know, Italy's the kind of heart of family entertaining and beautiful outdoors with great wine and food. So, you know, <laughs> can't go wrong, I don't think. And, um, and I think, do you call it sort of uh, entertaining, which includes food and yeah. gardens, gardens in that area? Yeah, we have the out, which out, at the sure. moment entertaining lives in out because a lot of ours does sort of include outdoor entertaining. Um, as part of some early research we did into the demographic for Inside Out, they're, they're entertainers. They have the highest, this is another fun fact, they have the highest <laughs> spend in red and white wine. And I'm like, yeah, sounds like us. So they're entertainers. They actually, ent- and, you know, it goes along with what we were talking about is that they've got kids who are kind of outside of that very young phase. So what they're realising is that they're spending a lot of money on their house and they're kind of a bit house bound with their kids so they're having all their friends over <laughs> so they spend a lot of money in the entertaining space they are they're sort of not about fussy entertaining but they like it to feel like an open house where they can kind of rustle something up and it presents beautifully but it's not 
super, super tricky with very tough, you know, recipes. It's about actually delivering something that is friendly and welcoming and easy to put together. The end product is seen by everyone, but, you know, a lot of people who are outside the industry kind of wonder what goes behind putting together a magazine. It seems like a very glamorous job. Could you please run me through what you know what <laughs> what your month looks like when you're trying to put a monthly issue of? Oh, I always feel so together. sad that we're kind of dispelling the myth of it being glamorous, but I, I'm pretty clear about that. There's really genuinely not very much that's glamorous about what your day to day looks like um, on a magazine. You know, and on any one day I could be helping on a shoot, put you know, putting together flooring. I remember very vividly us having an event one night um, and the two stylists were sort of hosting the event and so I spent all day clipping together temporary floorboards and you know the stylist kind of pointing their finger at me telling me what to do I'm like yep that if that's what we need to do to get this event going is what we're going to do so um that said, really, really honestly, I've got a really incredible team that helped me bring all of the content together. It's um, it's, a, it's a great team. We've got some new style. We've got a new um, style editor, which, um, you know, every time your departments are a little bit stronger and stronger, you get a better team that means that I can help, especially they've been very understanding of me taking on a much broader role. So um, my time is a bit more thinly spread. <laughs> um, so... You know, we have regular whips and production. We're very detailed. I, my background is a subbing background. I was a sub editor, so my attention to detail is probably not as good as it used to be. But it's certainly, I, I could probably learn to let some of that go. <laughs> um, so I like to be in the detail of things and certainly understand what everyone is doing day to day. But more and more, I spend a lot of time kind of coming up with the bigger picture plans of how we drive brands to be more successful across platform and and how we're not sort of resting on the laurels of um, waiting for people to find us. We need to make sure that we're kind of going out and finding an audience and engaging with them in the way that they want to and making sure that our audience are getting what they need from us. So for me, it's about coming up with really exciting new ideas to keep them um, happy to spend time with us. In that mission to get in front of your audience or discover new audience or bring them in, are you spending, are you doing much spend on Facebook or on social media in terms of, you know, sponsoring your posts? Um, look, we, we do, so we, we look at a little bit of that, but we sort of know that organic reach is, is more valuable than anything. So um, genuinely, we, we try to um, invest in content and invest in people to create really good content and then spend time on the analytics that go in the background and making sure that our strategies for how we best leverage each of the platforms is solid. And so we come up with a strategy and we know that in roughly two or three months, we're going to have to change it again because, you know, the landscape's changed a bit more. <laughs> You mentioned you were clipping floorboards together, and I guess you do a pretty good job of that. <laughs> have you done your own reno? What do you I like have. I totally have. Yeah. yeah, I totally have. I, um, full disclosure, I was married to a builder for a long time, okay. so I'm very aware of what a renovation process looked like, and I've renovated a couple of houses of my own previously. Um, but then um, not too long uh, – Actually, around the same time I got the job at Inside Out, I bought a new property and I got the keys at four o'clock and I ripped up the carpet by myself at five o'clock, wow. put it in the back of my little golf and took it off to the <laughs> took it off to the tip. And then the next day I spent 16 hours pulling staples out of the floorboards all by myself and I really enjoyed it. You're not a flipper. No, I'm not actually. Well, actually, I say that and I have just sold my property to a developer, so that doesn't sound good, does it? But in my life, that's not been my process. I just happen to You just buy. enjoy it a bit. And... Yeah, I really do. I really love it. I, like I said, my mum always created a really beautiful home for us. My ex-husband was a really great builder, and so I really understand, you know, how in-depth, um, how much people love the process of building a new home and how hard but also how satisfying it can be. And I really love it. Like, I, I really love a home that feels like me. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so I think that's why I like our audience so much. I won't delve into your private life. <laughs> why you let a builder I, go? But hey, I know, I know, I know. In this, I know it would, be, I know it would have been much more convenient than doing the car by myself. But anyway, um, you must have some really good music on in the background to enjoy getting out nails from a floorboard. Oh, Jesus Christ! Seriously, I've never been so sore as after that day. Sixteen hours. I watched the sun come up and go down while I was still getting those staples out of the floor. What music did you have on in the background for you to enjoy doing that? Oh, well, so I spent quite a lot of time writing as a music journalist. So when I was working on Sunday Mag, which is the News Corp as well. So I've got a relatively broad music taste. Um, yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> Love a bit of Duran Duran. Kind of gets me through. It's <laughs> not a good example just quietly, but you know. I've got two more quick things for you before I let Crudy wrap it up. Yep. Um, and you said your mum was a um, Art director. Art director. Who did she yeah. work for? Uh, so ACP. Oh, okay. So oh, really? she was the founding um, – she was the art director. I think she was the second art director of – no, no, I think she launched it. So Dolly, Bell and Mode. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, it was always going to be a thing. Mum's ultimately very disappointed that I ended up in the <laughs> in the word, word space instead of the design space. So I, right. went to, I went to uni to be an art teacher. Okay. So she sort of doesn't understand when I swapped into the word space. It's constant. Does you know. she go easy on you when you give her one of your new magazines? Do you no, judge she, a look on her face? Do you know what? I really love the fact that she will give me some fairly honest feedback, um, but I really appreciate her opinion because she's seen all of the magazines come and go. She's been She did it a very, very long time. Yeah. Very well respected. Good so, stuff. And, and my last one, um, cover gifts. Is they still a thing with, with – this sector seems to do well at times by giving yeah. away stuff, whether it's an umbrella or a tea towel. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. still do that now and then? Or? Look, because we're so cross-platform, I, I don't think it's necessarily the best. Okay. While we certainly do drive subscriptions and we certainly absolutely drive, you know, cover, you know, so it still happens a bit? Yeah, it certainly does. I think some brands it works really well for. Um, with our brand, it's not that it doesn't work well. It's just getting exactly the right gift that resonates with the renovation audience is quite different to, a, say, an interiors audience. Or So we sort of know that our, our best um, investment is probably investing in content across all the platforms, okay. really. Yeah. Interesting. I guess the when you're way- on slightly limited funds, you need to know where it's best, best spent. <laughs> I guess the best way to wrap up is kind of looking at the future. So where do you think the biggest growth opportunity for the mag is now? Um, I genuinely think it's about making sure that, I mean, no doubt our digital platform will, you know, triple in the next couple of years. Like it has to, to be able to compete with the broader market. Um, But I also think that um, just growing the way we operate in the digital and social space and being continually flexible will be the thing that sees us um, sustain market share and grow it. And in terms of the social media platforms that you um, invest in, I guess Facebook's been there, like, you know, has held strong for so long. Yeah. But you never kind of know when the, you know, you know, the I next know. You don't want to be too beholden to any one third party. Because, I mean, I thought Pinterest and then I kind of just let that go, but it mm. turned out to be something massive in the design space. Mm. Um, are you one of those people who walks into a new restaurant or any new place and just starts judging the interior and starts talking <laughs> about it to your friends and your friends? Go sh- shut up! Don't care. <laughs> um, I would say no, genuinely no. <laughs> if it's amazing, I will certainly comment on it. But you know, I'm really fine with a really great kind of down and dirty Italian restaurant that has you know, no, you've got you know, red gingham tablecloths. I'm totally there. Right, so you're not one of the people whose you know, mind's wandering elsewhere because I have a friend who's in that design field <laughs> and she's the most absolutely annoying person to go out with because well, I'll be talking. I'm not her, I promise. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Like I, I really love it. 
I really love it, but you know, I just think that there's complete there's value in every different aesthetic, and you know, sometimes you don't need something that's high level design in a restaurant. Sometimes it's just that great family place that you go to and it's comfortable. And you know, some of my favourite homes of my friends are the ones that are genuinely not stylish or designed in any way, but they feel like someone's home, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, look, it's been great getting you in here today, Claire. And look, as I sit here looking at your cover of that 150th issues, which mm. is the August edition, I'm guessing September would be out soon? Yeah, it'll be out, um, later this, uh, next week. Next, next week, week. Yep. okay. And, but I was looking at this, now, do you always have a person... Yeah, in the room on the because not everybody does that. Some people think, oh, we'll just show the room. Yeah, no, we try to. We like to. Yeah, and they're always the homeowners. They're always. Oh really? Yeah, so they're the people that own. Not a model. No, no, we don't. So if you're ugly, you can't get in this magazine. (laughs) Well, sometimes well, so they just you may just... not be quite so prominent. You just never know. <laughs> no, oh. no, no, no. I was no, about no. to say, we'll so two criteria of putting a, uh, <laughs> putting a room on the cover, A, how the owner looks, and B, <laughs> the room. I, I, just, I always say to the team, I just really like a pair of eyeballs. It can be, it can right. be sometimes it be an animal. That's fine too. Okay. Um, but we just like, the point <laughs> is that they should feel lived in, and we want people to understand that is, you, you can have a home like this. Is that your alternate? So if you don't want to, if you don't want to feature the owner, <laughs> then the pet comes in? Sometimes just pet, look, lots of people identify. Identify with pets. Not necessarily about the owner. Sometimes it's a really cute pet. <laughs> well, it looks like a, it could be a shaggy dog or a cushion. I know, cover, I know. Lots of people think that is some kind of dyed that, animal. That is a cushion, though, right? On yeah, this, it is definitely a cushion. On the August issue, it is definitely a cushion. We've not. There's no taxidermy there. I promise. Yeah. Some dyed animal. That doesn't I said dyed. I know. I, know I meant. I meant the colours. I meant the colours. Not any kind of taxidermy. I promise. <laughs> Look, let's not dwell further into that. I think you're just. No, <laughs> Look, uh, Inside Out magazine. It's all, and it's insideout.com. Yes. at the web address. Yes. And it's on every social media platform you can think of. I know, you'll find us anywhere. Fantastic. All right, look, (laughs) great getting you in here. Congratulations on the uh, milestone and we'll uh, look forward to the September edition. Thanks so much for having me. It was lovely. Thanks, Claire.